Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for those in attendance. You ask us to gather in your name to celebrate all that you have done for us, to be an encouragement to the family, to fine-tune our thinking, to stir us up, to make meeting together a priority, to make it a habit, to prepare us because your day is drawing near. In fact, we get those instructions from your word. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the draw, the day drawing near. Lord, like sheep, we can easily go astray. Living Truth Christian Fellowship believes in meeting together regularly. And we are thankful for that because we need each other and we need good instruction. Thank you for Pastor Michael and the rest of the team that bring good instruction. Please bless the time that we are together today. And when we leave, may we go forth encouraged, loved, and with a servant attitude. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Opening question for you this morning. Not that. <laughs> what were you created for? Let that absorb for a minute or a second. The answer is all throughout Scripture, yet many of us struggle with that question. Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24, John 17, 3, Romans 12, 2. A total of over 100 different scriptures tell us the answer. Simply stated, as in Philippians 3, 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Brothers and sisters, it is to know him. To know Him. To know Him. How do you know Him? You build a relationship with Him. You spend time with Him. You're in the Word regularly. These are not rocket science things to do. These are just being obedient. These are being humble and teachable. In Paul Herreras' terms, in order to be hot for the Lord, you have to be humble. You have to be obedient. You have to be teachable. I can't overemphasize those points. Once you know Him, what should you do with your life? That's the next question. Once you know Him, well, we should be in relationship with the Father. We should be about His business to show others Christ by the way we live. If you expect to receive the richness of His love, well, Proverbs 8, 17 tells us, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently can't find me? No, it says they find me. In order to find him, you have to be diligent. Paul, the apostle, I'm trying to be that way. Paul, the apostle, was diligent. What is the word diligence? What does that mean? It means to steady have steady perseverance in one's efforts. Results in a careful, energetic, I got that part down, and persistent work. Diligent people get the job done. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for being diligent. We got a lot of work together, 
brothers and sisters of living truth. There's lots of work yet to be done. He's not here yet. He wants you to be about his business. If you're here this morning, that's part of it. Now, when you leave those doors, go out and share the good news by just the way you live. You don't have to say words. In fact, James tells us to be quick to hear, slow to this, twist that thing up, sew it up, whatever you need to do, and be slow to anger. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. That's Proverbs 10.4. Today we're talking about the Apostle Paul. Just so happened we have the same name. Praise the Lord that I have a good person to look at. And he is one of my go-tos in Scripture. After all, he wrote about half the New Testament, a little bit more than half. 13 of the 26 for sure, maybe a little bit more. When you think about missionary, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? One definition, I, I like this uh, d- definition I got off of Wikipedia or one of those things, but it doesn't give the full dose of what a missionary is about, but it does do this. It says it's a member of a religious group sent out to promote their faith and to provide services such as education, literacy, social justice, health care, and economic development. In the Bible, though, we get a better a more concise idea of what we as Christians need to be as missionaries. Mark 16, 15 says this, Jesus Christ instructs us as Christians. And when you're a Christian, guys, ladies and gentlemen, you are a Christ follower. To go out into the world and to preach the gospel, that is the good news. Don't go out and preach the bad news. Go out and give somebody the good news. We got enough bad news, as Shane just said a while ago. There's bad news. All you got to do is turn on the TV and watch the news. The news that has no thought for God as being number one news we should be talking about. As a believer, all of us are, are to go out and share with others the hope that only can be obtained by knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Whew, everyone is called whether abroad or at home. Brothers and sisters, share with others what Jesus has done in your life. That's a testimony. That's the start of the gospel. Your story might be the story that someone else needs to hear so that they can choose to follow Jesus. Maybe the hearts will open up just to hear what you have to say and watch you in action to see what you are about. Acts 20 is what we're going to be talking about. Acts is the title of the name of this section of Scripture describing the acts of the apostles, the acts of the Holy Spirit, and more precisely, acts that the apostles did by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul was a missionary. Paul wasn't always a missionary. Paul was a persecutor. And he had a coincidental trip on his road to Damascus where the Lord tripped him up. I'll get back to more of that in just a minute. Shined a bright light in his 
eyes and he couldn't see. Saw a movie last night. What was it called, honey? In a blink of an eye. In a blink of an eye. And a guy gets a groundhog opportunity to get it right. He doesn't do it right the first time. He doesn't do it right the second time. He doesn't do it right. You can put the number in. God never stopped. When he calls us home, you want to be ready. That's what the movie's about. It's on Pure Flix if you want to watch it. Paul was with the Ephesians for approximately three years. He loved them as a missionary. That's what his initial time there was about. But guess what? It was more becoming like a pastor. He spent quality time with the Ephesians because he loved them deeply with a pastor's heart. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for having a pastor's heart. And it starts with loving the flock. And it sometimes love can get really hard because it's about direction. It's about guidance. It's about strength. And the Father and sometimes the flock are so silly and so off base that it takes a pastor like Pastor Michael to bring them back in line. Thank you, Father, for a pastor that we've had that we could count on bringing the Word weekly. In Acts 20, I'm there finally, but I'm not to the Scripture yet. <laughs> Paul's farewell to the Ephesians in verse 1. Paul's, Paul travels in the region of Macedonia in verses 2 through 5. Paul travels from Greece and Macedonia in, chap, in verse 6. In verses 7 through 12, he goes to Troas and the region of Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And then finally, he delivers a long sermon, and Eutychus is raised from the dead in Acts 20, 13 through 17. And finally, we get the instructions of what he did, does in verses 18 through 38. I'm going to be reading from the NASB, so um, if you want to tag along with me, I'd love to. We're going to get into the Word now. We'll go back and we'll dissect. I got 27 minutes to get it done, so. Excuse me one second. That's socially unacceptable, but. Thank you. I can breathe now. Woo! Okay, here it goes. Uh, Acts 20, I'm going to start in actually 17. From Miletus, he sent word to Ephesus and he called to himself the elders of the church. So this is a setup. Now, all the elders didn't live just next door. They lived in homes all across. All across. Some it may have taken a, a day or so to get to where they were going to meet. Maybe a day. So the, the setup is this. He sent for them. They didn't hesitate. They came. In verse 18 we see this. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and trials which came upon me from the, through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was beneficial and teaching you publicly from house to house. There you go. 
solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. 22, and now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that chains and afflictions await me, but I, I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of God's grace. Verse 25, And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all people. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Verse 28, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Verse 30, And from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, Remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I entrust you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance, praise the Lord, among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands serve my own needs and the men were, who were with me in everything I showed you that by working hard in this way, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. 37. And they all began to mm, weep aloud and embraced Paul and repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken and they would not see his face again. And they were accompanying him to the ship. May God bless the reading of his word. I'm going to give you some points of the scriptures that I just read. Point number one is this. Paul presents his life and ministry as an example for the elders to follow in verses 18 through 21. He gives them the instructions. He said, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do when I have to leave. It's bittersweet. He knew his journey was going to end up in Jerusalem. He knew that he was probably going to be beaten. He knew that he'd probably be in prison. He knew that he had a vision, guys, from God, most likely, that told him this is what's going to happen. He didn't do it bashfully. He did it running toward the cross. Is that you today? Are you shying away because you're, you're kind of fearful of what your next step is? Deb and I have faced that. Natalie and Tim have faced that. Do we do it now or do we wait? Is there ever a good time to say bye to family? No. If I don't see you on this side, I'm going to see you on the other side. I want to see all your faces. 
Is there ever a time when you can say, Lord, right now, that's what my wife asked me. You'll find out in a little bit. Now? We sell the house now? Let's pray about it. And by the way, everything ought to be lifted up in prayer. Whether it's if you hurt your little fingernail, so you don't necessarily give a testimony about saying a few choice words. Or if it's something major. Everything, lift it all up to him. Point number two. Well, first of all, before point number two, there's a continuation of point number one. Our brother Mark Reed gave me some good insight on what repentance and faith look like. Repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. Repentance to God represents a change of direction in how one relates to God. Does that sound like Paul? Going in the direction, persecuting, killing, destroying anybody who said Jesus is Lord to becoming sold out for Christ. It entails faith in Jesus so that the turning results in one placing trust in what God did through Jesus as one embraces his person and work. Paul's ministry has three characteristics. Faithfulness, direct preaching of all that is necessary, and testimony about Jesus to all people without distinction, including a call to have faith in God's work through Jesus. Thank you, Mark. Paul is faithfully waiting with God and whatever it may ta- wherever it may take him. He does not need to be certain where he is going or what he shall face to be faithful to God. That is each of you. You don't need to know all the steps required to get where he wants you. You just need to be faithful and trust him and believe that he's going to give you the, the cart to get there. He's going to give you the transportation. It may be on your knees. It may be him pulling you at times when you can't pull yourself. That's my brother, Bert. Paul served with humility, with tears through persecution. He was bold in his delivery because what he had to offer was important to those that he was teaching. He stressed the importance of repenting, reversal of sin, and running toward God to have faith in Jesus Christ. Point number two. There's eight of these, so I think I'll ever get through. Paul declares his total dedication to the gospel in verses 22 through 24. In verses 22 through 24, he gives his dedication, what it takes to do this. It's not for the weak. When you signed up to say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior, do you really know what you signed up for? Are you finding out what you signed up for? It's a journey. It's the best journey you'll ever be on your life, even if it's tough, even if it makes no sense what you're doing compared to what the world's telling you to do. He's got you in his arms. 
He's got you underneath his wings of the eagles that are flying around in the air. He's got you protected. He's got you with a shield that you should put on every day, and that's the armor of God. He's got you where you sense that armor together well so that no, nothing can penetrate it. Not Satan, not anything, not anything against his will. He gives you the package to be able to withstand any temptation that you come up against. Is it easy? No. Is it required? Yes. Is it is it exciting to know that the Father who created you from the dust of the earth has your best interest in hand, that He wants to do what's best for you? That should tell you to not doubt anything that He has for you because everything He has for you is excellent and it's building from foundation from the very bottom all the way to the top. The rock that you stand on is the foundation that you can depend on till the day you die. And He will carry you home and you'll be right there praising Him, honoring Him, glorifying Him, and seeing people just like you face to face so you can re get excited about seeing each other again. Even though your family, sometimes you don't act like family. I don't. Sometimes you don't like family very well, but you don't get rid of them. It's what God gave you. Point number two. Paul declares his total dedication to the gospel mission. His total dedication is not part of his dedication. It's not just a little bit of his dedication. It's all of his dedication. As it turned out in verses 25 through 27, however, Paul apparently did return to the area later. So even though he told him that this would probably be his last time, he may have seen him again, and he did see him again, but he had, no, he had no guarantees, right? The only guarantee is he had Jesus. That's all you need. You don't need to worry about if you come back. If you do, then you'll get to give them a big uh, as I, every time I see Pastor Michael, I give him a big wet kiss on his forehead, on his cheek. Uh, sometimes it's not too, he has to get a, kind of a napkin or something to wipe it off. The Lord is going to put a kiss on us that's going to last forever. Mm. Paul relinquishes his responsibility as their teacher and leader. You know how hard it is to relinquish? If, if a leader is a, uh, of this church, if Pastor Michael has to relinquish this, it'll be the hardest thing he'll ever do. Unless, he, unless God has directed him somewhere else. But I can guarantee it. He loves each and every one of you. If he didn't even know you yet, he's already put the love factor in his relationship with you. He loves you enough that he wants to include everybody in this sanctuary to feel the love every scripture he ever talks about every sermon he brings about it's about his love for his savior and he wants to share that with you the same kind of love mm. paul and number point number four paul charges the ephesian elders to guard the church from wolves 
You ever encountered a wolf? You ever encountered a coyote? You ever encountered a bad dog that didn't like you? It's kind of scary, isn't it? Be on the guard for, uh, for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Another description of guard is to pay careful or close attention to yourselves. Mm. Matthew Henry says, those are not likely to be skillful or faithful keepers of the vineyards of others who do not keep their own. Point number five, Paul warns the elders that fierce wolves are coming from without and from within. That's in verses 29 through 31. In verse 31, his constant goal was to urge faithfulness to the living God. Faithfulness is what it's about, brothers and sisters. Being faithful to the little that he has given you so that later on you'll be faithful with a lot. A wolf that comes from the outside is easy to spot. He's coming. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get and be protected, right? And to prepare for his attack. But a wolf from within, dressed in sheep's clothing, is much more difficult to identify and defend against. We can see false teaching from outside the church and defend our stance on what we believe by closely dissecting it with the Word of God. But those among us that teach false doctrines can easily cause great harm to the flock. 2 Peter 2.1 but false prophets also arose among the people, just as they, there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Be on card, elders of living truth, and continue to fight the good fight by staying true to the Word of God. Congregation, that's you. That's you, brothers and sisters. Everybody else. Make sure your diet consists of continuous helpings of the Word so that you can protect yourself from false doctrines and that can easily bring destruction to your testimony. Point number six, Paul entrusts the elders to God and His Word. Verse 32, another word for entrust is to commend you to God. Deuteronomy 8, 15 through 16 says, He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. If he is testing you, it's for your good. He wants to see faithfulness. Thank you, Brother Bert. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says this, We are not adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from who? God and God alone. My question for you, brothers and sisters, where is your dependency today? To whose alloc... <laughs> allegiance are you giving yourselves? Is it of yourselves 
or is it of the Lord? We have the word of the living God that has been ordained and gifted to us so that we can see the very heart of the one who created us. Praise the Lord, Bert. We have instructions down to minute detail that we can study and know without hesitation what he is doing and what he's going to do for his children. Point number seven. Paul states his example of selflessness, hard work, and compassion in verses 33 through 35. Paul gives us instructions of what we're not to covet. All those things that we place above our relationship with God to be about hard work and to be an example for others helping the weak. Point number eight. Paul bids the elders farewell. Paul, it was a bittersweet leaving them. But Paul knew that God was working with him, and he was with him, and he could trust God to lead God and direct him in the next chapter of his life, however short that might be. After reading the text, it is clear that Paul knows his time is short, and he needs to prepare the elders of the Ephesian church of Living Truth Christian Fellowship to be ready to take the charge up where he left off. Elders were more of resident pastors of this time because the church was carried out through homes and not so much in a corporate setting. No one in the history of the Bible more adequately displays a mission purpose than the Apostle Paul. Do each of us as believers have that same mindset? Once we have been saved, you might say, Paul, what have I been saved from? Saved from a life separated from the Savior. Once we have allowed the Holy Spirit to set up shop in our beings, it is our job to share the good news of the gospel with everyone we come across. This is the mission. This is the least. <laughs> yeah, it's the very least we can do So, since we are no longer a slave to sin. The victory begins at the point of our salvation. So may we live our lives in victory and not defeat. Do you know what awaits you? Do you count your life as dear? So dear that you fear what is to come? Brothers and sisters, you do not have to be concerned, but be filled with the assurance that you run the race with endurance, producing a testimony that is worthy of the Lord. Hebrews 12.1 says it the best. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Paul got a glimpse of what was to come, a preview of what awaited him upon death. He said that it was so glorious that no words could describe it adequately. Could you or can you trust that you know that your life is where God wants it to be? Let me say that you can rest assured if the eternal is your focus instead of having a concern for the pleasure of the flesh. Does anyone like acronyms besides Paul Herreras and myself? Does anybody like acronyms? Well, I've got one for you. Stop. 
God stopped Paul. He was going to make the biggest decision of his life that was going to be wrong. And that wrong decision was God stopped him on the road to Damascus. Stop stands for Saul, the obnoxious persecutor. Now, if you change one letter, if you change one letter in that word and you put it on the end, the S on the end, it becomes tops, T-O-P-S. Teachable, obedient, Paul, servant. Your mission may require you to stop before God changes the position of one letter to tops anything that tops anything that you can do on your own. My wife's going to come up and say a few words, and I'm going to close. Before I do that, I want to give you a couple of examples of, of missionaries that I think you need to be reminded of and, and what their life was about. It was about being humble. It was about being obedient. Your mission does require obedience. Uh, does anybody know the name Ramon Lau? He was back in the 1200s. Probably one of the first missionaries that's on record, record beside Paul. Uh, he was a man that was not living a good life. He was very sinful. He was a womanizer. He wrote poems of beautiful women. He wrote publications, oh, uh, many, many publications about, uh, about beautiful women. And he, he was a very lustful man. And God stopped him one day, and he gave him a vision. And he kind of thought it was indigestion. And he went again, and he got another vision. And he finally got a third vision. And finally he said, okay, Lord, I will follow you. In the course of that, Ramon was about 61 when he went to Tunisia. To Tunisia. It's in uh, northern Africa. And uh, he went there. And before he went there, he had to learn Arabic. Nobody would teach him Arabic because they knew he was going to try to lead people to the Lord. And guess what the population is? 99.9999% Muslim. And he had a vision to go and preach to the Muslims. He finally learned Arabic, and he went there, and he started winning souls for Christ. He went on three different trips there. In his third trip, he was 80. He's preaching in the streets, and the city leaders gabbed him, took him outside the city, and stoned him to death. He was obedient to the day of his death. Sounds like the Apostle Paul, right? Another one. Jim and Elizabeth Elliot, modern day, 1950s. The Akas, which were in Ecuador. Uh, anybody who had ever gone to try to talk to them about anything outside their own thoughts, they put them to death. It was a 100% chance you were going to die. But Jim Elliot felt a calling on his heart to go and try to minister to these Akas in Ecuador. He and Elizabeth had met in college. They had different mission-minded thoughts of what their mission was going to be about. Elizabeth wanted to go to a different area of the world to do missions. Jim, with four other men, 
went to Ecuador on a plane. He was 28 years old. When he gets to there, they have to do a lot of training before they go out into the field. They learn, he learns Arabic. In that process of that, guess who he meets? Elizabeth Elliot. She decided that she wanted to go to Ecuador as well. They got married. And shortly after they got married, he and four men go to the Akas tribe, and they had built relationships with them. They had, they had uh, made a lot of groundwork happen. They get there, and on their flight in, they land, they get off the plane, they get speared to death. All five of them. Here's the beautiful part of the story. So Elizabeth, Valerie, the daughter of Jim and Elizabeth, they had enough time to be together to have a child. And Nate Saint's wife, I believe, our daughter, went back to the Akas. And they preached to them. They taught them. They loved them. They were one souls to Christ. And is that dedicated? So he can take anything you have, and if you offer it up with humility, he can use it in a mighty way. And I believe that with all my heart because he's using me at 63. And I want to come back to you someday at 83 and tell you what he's doing in my life. And I can't wait to do it with Tim and Natalie and Pastor Chris and all these other folks and, and, and Sister Shane, our sis, Sister Sean. I'm going to take Shane with me. I just want to. Yeah, yeah. So, so Deborah's going to come up now and uh, give you a few words, and I'll give a closing prayer. And i got 33 seconds, so come on up here, hon. Wow. God is good, guys. I'll get your stuff ready. I love you guys. So, um, Pastor Michael asked us to say have a farewell remarks, and uh, but I don't want to say farewell. I am renaming this a um, a call to stand firm, and we'll see you again. And uh, so. Uh, First thing I wanted to say was, y'all know the story about how Paul and I met, right? Um, we met on a bike. <laughs> no, he told it. Um, but we met on a bike ride, and um, the long story short is he broke me, so he had to buy me. So <laughs> he's <laughs> been paying ever since. But uh, <laughs> um, so when we met, we were both... Um, broken, and we were both very, very um, baby Christians, and but the Lord got, brought us together, and it was a great plan, I think, um, in retrospect, but first I thought he was crazy, but anyway, um, <laughs> oh, I ran away, but uh, um, anyway, so <laughs> he kept chasing me, <laughs> um, so uh, so we'd been married about seven years, and um, the Lord brought us to California. I thought that was crazy, too. So, um, you know, we were, we were pretty much not really, really growing. I mean, we were still pretty much immature uh, Christians. And, but the Lord brought us here, and 
fortunately, he um, led us to a friend who has become a dear friend of ours. In the first weekend that we lived in California, this dear friend, Duffy, invited us to a backyard swimming, I mean, not swimming, <laughs> baptism. <laughs> he was having a baptism fellowship at his house, and then also um, the next day we went to a church on the corner of Lincoln and Railroad. And that's where we, well, we met Pastor Michael. Um, and I think, Brenda, you were at the pool party, right? I do remember talking to you right away. Um, and Not pool party, <laughs> baptism. <laughs> well, it was a party, yeah. I believe uh, Nathan was uh, baptized that day. And anyway, we've attended uh, this church ever since. Um, it became a very, uh, we, we met our church family that day, a small group of people, of believers that also became real-life family members because we have a daughter-in-law uh, through this uh, church. Um, and so at the time, we were still very mature um, believers, but we stuck with this church and the teaching under the teaching of Pastor Michael. We're really grateful to all the elders and the deacons and the lay people at Living Truth. Um, and we would just encourage you to um, just continue to be in the Word and continue to come to church and continue to just put, put yourself into this church and you'll get so much more than you ever imagined out of it. Um, so through the leading of... We, we came to a point a couple of years ago where we went to visit Pastor uh, Chris and Sean and it was the um, it was January first. We were at the boot drop, 2020, January first of 2020. So, we um, every year I pray for a scripture for the Lord from the Lord. The Lord gives me a scripture to sort of ponder on through the year, and it's it's sort of a becomes a theme scripture for the year. Somehow, it's just the Lord just gives it. Well, that year He gave me the scripture. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And it says, Be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, be courageous and be strong. And I thought, wow. I, I remember sharing it with everybody. I said, this is going to be a great year. I'm just so you know, excited to see what kind of adventure this is going to be you know, uh, this year because of this scripture. Well, lo and behold what happened in March of 2020. It was, a, it was a great adventure. So the last two years have been quite an adventure for us. Um, I was really happy to be at home, actually. I'm kind of an introvert, typically, and I love to be. I'm a homebody. Um, and so I got really comfortable. I got really comfortable at home. And one day in January of 2021, right, we're walking the dog, and Paul says, I don't know if it's my flesh or the Lord, but I think we need to sell the house and move to Prescott. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and so like the obedient wife that I am, I, I said, let's pray about it. <laughs> and uh, in my spirit, I knew that, that he was right. The Lord, I, I think, had been preparing us, but I was so comfortable. The Lord was saying, get out of your comfort zone. Take a step out in faith again. That's how he brought us to California and, you know, I think that's how he has taken us now 
to Arizona. And um, so that's our prayer for you as well. And we just want to know, you all to know, and I know Paul said it many times, we, we love you all. We're going to miss you. We're going to miss this. <laughs> uh, we're going to miss the worship. We love the worship here and uh, um, the leading of Pastor Michael. But God has another plan for us, and that's good. It's a good plan, right? Amen. Well, we love you both so very much. And Paul, as you were wrapping up there, and I know we're over our time, I wrote down a quote from Jim Elliott. He said these words, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And uh, that's when you serve the Lord, that's what you have to kind of decide that that's what your life is going to be. You're going to give up what you can't keep anyway to gain what you cannot lose. That's really what it's all about. So in the final part, in your last point, uh, you were talking about Paul uh, bids them farewell, and I just added this little sub-point, because I'm a preacher. <laughs> and it was all wrapped in prayer and in love. You can see the emotion, you can see the tears, the embracing, and yes, Paul has anointed me with a wet, holy kiss on many occasions. There, there it is. So I'm going to ask you to do something. This scene ends in kneeling in prayer. So if you're able, would you kneel? And we're going to pray over these guys right now. And you don't have to, Deborah. <laughs> pray about it. <laughs> yeah, you're wise. We're not as agile as we used. <laughs> no. Father, thank you so much for 18 years with this beautiful couple. Uh, we have seen so many wonderful times together, Lord. So much beautiful discipleship that's taken place. This church has grown uh, in maturity and numerically as well. You have blessed it beyond what we could ask or imagine. We've had churches planted in other states, uh, not because we had some master plan, but because you are the master planner. And we know you have a new season ahead for Paul and Deborah, a season that's going to be beautiful. It's going to have its challenges, Lord. There's going to be need for adjustments. But in the end, Lord, you're going to do something beyond what they could ask or imagine because your plans are good and you do good and you are good. So would you bless both of them? Give them traveling mercies. Keep them healthy. Uh, let them plant quickly at LT Prescott. And I pray that you will just do mighty things, Lord. Thank you for today. For every precious person that you have allowed to be part of this service today, we love you. We ask your blessing. In Jesus' name, if you agree, would you say? Amen. 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 Love you all. Have a great Sunday. If you need prayer, we'll be waiting for you up here.